0: Q&A with Bishop Julian Porteous.
1: Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another session of Q&A with Bishop Julian. My name is Javina Graham, and I'm here with... Your old friend, Jeremy Ambrose. And we're here to interrogate the bishop once more. Now, Bishop Julian, I, I work in, in a secular environment. I don't work for the church, and I, as, as many other Catholics do. And to be honest, as a Catholic holding Catholic values and living a Catholic life, I do sometimes get overwhelmed with the feeling of isolation in my workplace, how can I possibly keep my faith alive in an overwhelmingly secular environment?
0: I think this is an issue that many uh young committed Catholics are exper- experiencing today. They they probably feel they're the only Catholic <laughs> in their That's environment, true, yes, and that that everybody else seems to have a completely different set of values, a completely different way of seeing things, and and you can really feel, I think, the odd personality. You just feel you're different, completely from everybody else around you. And it's a real struggle. It's a real struggle. And I guess the thing is, there's always a tendency to think, well, maybe I'll just go quiet. Maybe I'll just, uh, conform a bit and I'll keep my faith private. You know, it'll just, I'll just kind of live in my own private spiritual world. I'll, I'll say my prayers. I'll go to mass. I'll, I'll have some Catholic friends. I'll, I'll read a bit of Catholic literature or whatever. But I'll kind of, cause I just feel the whole environment around me. Is so uh, antagonistic towards being being Catholic. I think there's a real issue at the present moment uh, for uh, for people, for, particularly for young people. I think who who rediscovered the beauty and the richness of their faith and want to live it fully. I think the I think the first thing we need to look at is that we can't just be alone. If if we find that we're isolated in our work environment, we need to build environments that are going to foster a Catholic culture in our life in some way or other. But what is this Catholic culture? As in, you know, I mean, we hear the word culture used in so many different contexts. What does it mean to have a Catholic culture? Culture is something which is, the, uh, if like a total environment around us that, that reflects attitudes, values, a way of seeing life and so on. And of course, we are, we are the inheritors of a rich and beautiful and inspiring Catholic culture. that's come down to us uh, particularly from Europe, of course, which is a cradle of Christianity. Um, I think more and more that f- to be Catholic, we really need to 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 kind of come in contact more and more with that culture, discover that culture. You know, the culture that's expressed in the greater magnificent cathedrals of Europe, in the stained glass windows that we see, the beauty of Christian art, the the the, the inspiring uh, music that's been produced uh, over the centuries. I think what we need to do is tap into this culture so that we see and and, and are nourished inside ourselves as to this is what it means to be Catholic. This is the richness and beauty of of the Catholic life. And this is what it's produced over the centuries. So in other words, we don't just close in on ourselves and become kind of caught up just trying to protect it like kind of circle the wagons and and feel i've just got to defend myself or or i'll just be kind of secular in my environment while i'll have this kind of private faith that i'll just live in secret you know i think it's to discover and live and embrace the richness and beauty of a a christian culture and i think the other thing too we, we do need to to tap into the current expressions of it you know, contemporary music that's produced by Catholic musicians and, and, uh, and to be in touch with the lives of saints and spiritual writings that are current and, and attractive to us. I think to be really Catholic today, we need to be proactive in building around our life the Catholic culture. Is that making some sense? Yeah, and I, and I guess what you're saying is by discovering our own Catholic culture, it permeates to the culture around us. Yeah, I think what we do then, we, we grow in a greater confidence of who we are and what we are heir to. And and therefore we, we can then start start in a in a positive way reflecting that and sharing that to say, no, there's 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 so much more that's available to you. Don't don't just let yourself be be kind of come into this sterile secular environment. You know, and I think the more confident we become in who we are, and what is available to us in, 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 our, in and through the church, in and through our culture, the more I think we'll want to share this with others and say, come on and look at this, look, look at this beautiful, you know, there's all sorts of things we can then share with others uh, about what it means to be Catholic. So we don't close in, we become confident in what we have to offer. Wow, Joven, I'm all fired up now. I want to go out there, go, go back to work. I know, I know. Culture.
1: This sounds very exciting, Bishop Julian. For someone who who's ignited by this, how, how how do you think we can develop a stronger Catholic environment to help sustain our faith? What kind of things can we do?
0: i think there are things we really do need to do um obviously we, we do immediately focus upon our own spiritual life and, and uh, let's say that we'll take that for granted you know we, we're seeking to develop prayer we're reading the scriptures we're going to mass we're participating in the sacraments we are celebrating the, the liturgical year properly and all that sort of, all those natural things we do as catholic but i think we need to do extra i, I think i think we need to actively seek to know more deeply the traditions the heritage that is ours and so i think we need i think we need to read history read the history of the church read um, about the the catholic culture that has that has uh, influenced and shaped the culture we have uh, we experience ourselves we know to be our heritage as i said before i think it's really good to to read lives of the saints or to read of the stories of great figures in Christian history, to know them, to be inspired by them, to see their example, and, and I think I think there's a great value in um, in coming to appreciate the whole area of Christian art and architecture, and music, all these sort of things. I think to 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 enter into that, and you know, there's an interest in the present moment in things like Gregorian chant and so on. I think young people are just some drawn to it because it's another world. Yeah. But it's a world that's imbued by faith. It's a world that's imbued by a deep sense of the presence of God, a great sense of, of, of God's love for humanity, of God's desire to be part of our lives, and, and this sense we want to worship the God that uh, that we know, that we've, we've uh, experienced. That, that uh, it's, But it's another world. It's, it's so different. Gregorian chant is, just seems a totally different world mm. to the world we experience day-to-day in our work environments. But I think we need to live in this world. We need to enter this world more deeply so that uh, we are, are being nourished ourselves. That's
1: amazing. Bishop, It's this all, there's so much opportunity out there to create this Catholic environment. It, you know, you talked about the arts and history and, and all these sorts of things. It, is it advisable to become so involved in these things that we no longer pay attention to the world in which we live. Is it possible of, of doing this too much and shutting out the world?
0: Yeah, I, I think we've got to be very, very careful at this moment in, in history and, this, and, and in the light of the experience we have that we don't somehow retreat into a Catholic ghetto. That can be very attractive. We can say, look, I'll just live in my Catholic world and even my Catholic culture, but I'll kind of withdraw and... Uh, Maybe obviously I'll have some Catholic friends, or I'll be interested in particular things. But we mustn't allow ourselves somehow to be seemingly overwhelmed by the secularism, and we retreat. I think I think we we mustn't do that because to do that is to rob the world of what we've got to contribute to it. Mm. You know, we mustn't we mustn't let the secular environments in which we live somehow so dominate us that we feel we have to withdraw, I think quite the opposite. We, we, we seek to deepen our sense of Catholic identity to say, I want to share this with the world. I want to give this to all. So we actually want to go out into our environments. And, and I suppose the more we know and more we have confidence in who we are, the more we'll have then the sense I've got something to, to say to others. And so in the conversations at the appropriate time and in the appropriate way, but then to start talking about things that relate to Catholic culture. Um, in a positive way to say, you know, do you know about this? This, this is a beautiful piece of music or, or whatever, or let's go to this particular art uh, show, the Renaissance art, that's, yeah. you know, or something like that to, to say, look at this art. What is it that, that inspires this art It just seems to be different from the, what what inspires a lot of contemporary art? Mm. So there's a lot of ways that I think we can actually begin to to touch our own culture with what we what we do have that is so rich and so beautiful. Jovina I guess it's time for you to rest those Lady Gaga CDs and put some Gregorian (laughs) chants
1: I might just go do that thank you very much Bishop Julian.
0: Thank you Bishop. Thank you. Jeremy, we come to that part of of our Q&A session where I ask the questions, uh, really just to ask you some little simple points of interest about our Catholic uh, customs and and culture. Uh, I thought I'd just um, talk today about an unusual term we use. We talk about the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. Mm -hmm. We call it Shrove Tuesday. Uh-huh. It's an unusual word, you know, and I don't think we would necessarily relate it to anything else. So um, do you know where the word shrove comes from? Uh, to shrive, to shrieve to, to, to something like that, yeah? You're actually right. Oh, wow. That was a, that was a guess. <laughs> shot yeah. in the dark. The, the, an ancient English word for, for, for going to confession and being forgiven is to shrive. priest would shrive you is a way of saying you would be forgiven and uh, and so this word shroves seems to be just a slight uh, change of that word shrive. so but it also tells us of a a custom that we probably find a little unusual people used to want to go to confession prior to the commencement of Lent we often associate going to confession during Lent but um, there was this practice in medieval times in, in place like england that people would would say that this is the last chance to be shriven so shrove tuesday was the last chance before lent to go to confession so that was the origin of this word shrove tuesday of course the other thing that we we're more familiar with i think in relation to this particular day of the year is the fact that we eat pancakes yeah people take that quite seriously i think we've got to have pancakes (laughs) yes we do Uh, so again we ask ourselves, where does this custom come from what's the background of this and very simply the pancake was a way in which a household could use up the fat the eggs and the dairy produce that was still in the household prior to Lent, because in more ancient christian times Lent was taken very, very seriously. And so not only would you not eat meat during Lent, but you'd not also eat fat or eggs, come from ch- ch- chooks, mm. or, or uh, um, dairy products would come from cows. So it was actually, the practice of Lent was very seriously undertaken. And therefore, rather than let things go off during the 40 days of Lent, people would uh, consume the rest of it By means of putting them all together in a a pancake. Wow! Well, you learn something new
1: every day, Jovina. You do. Thank you, Bishop Julian.
0: You've been listening to Q and A with Bishop Julian Porteous. For more episodes, visit credio.org.au.